Well, Brian Kelly sat down with Blake Topmeyer of USA Today and talked about one potential red flag or maybe multiple red flags that this LSU football team has on it. Do we agree? You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. But also do not forget that you can also find us on YouTube as well. So in addition to your preferred podcast platform, just search Locked on LSU in that search bar on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button and you'll be notified as soon as Locked on LSU drops. Appreciate you for tuning in. Appreciate you for interacting with the podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, all of that great stuff. Just glad that you're here and glad that you will always make Locked and LSU your first listen every single day. Well, let's get into it because Brian Kelly sat down with Blake Topmeyer of USA Today. He did this last month, I believe it was. I believe it was early June, but Blake Topmeyer just put it out just a couple of days ago. And on yesterday's podcast, for the entire show, I was breaking down what Brian Kelly had to say. When Blake Topmeyer asked, you know, what is the realistic timeline that you think that your team can seriously contend for a national title? Brian Kelly said, ideally next year, in year three. I did a full breakdown of that. My thoughts, a million different thoughts that I had. So you can find that on your preferred podcast platform and on YouTube as well. But there were several other aspects of this interview, this sit down with Blake Topmeyer that I wanted to break down. Because I feel like when Brian Kelly talks, we should listen, right? And it was a really wonderful sit-down. It was a great interview. Shouts out to, to Blake Topmeyer for, uh, you know, really quality information that we uh, that we are learning about Brian Kelly. But there was one thing in addition to the national title response. I think the national title response probably gained the most traction just because, hello, it's a freaking national championship. And hello, it's your coach saying that, hey, I don't know if this year is necessarily the year. But I think there were a couple nuggets in there that maybe flew a little bit more under the radar, but definitely stuck out to me, either positively or potentially negatively. And I want to break those down with you today. Also, we're going to hear from Brian Kelly at SEC Media Days in less than two weeks. That is wild. It is wild that we're already almost at SEC Media Days. I am pumped. I love SEC Media Days. It is like my Christmas in July. It is a blast. You get to gossip and talk about LSU and SEC football. I mean, like two of my favorite things in the world. So uh, looking forward to that. So that's probably going to be the next time that we hear from Brian Kelly is at SEC Media Days in just about a week and a half starting on July 17th. So looking forward to that. But there was one aspect in here. Where Brian Kelly was asked again by Blake Topmeyer of USA Today. Said, if this team is better than last year's product, why will that be? What's the missing ingredient? Brian Kelly said, it'll be depth. We're still not there yet. You can't take 13 guys from the transfer portal on defense and not have a red flag. This program is still not at the level of depth necessary to withstand injuries and things that you're going to have to withstand in the SEC. We need to take two or three transfers to top off the tank once in a while. 
it's got a chance to be more consistent. We've got better depth. I think you'll see us not have the up and down November that we had. And I think that we should all, as LSU fans, be reassured by that to know that with more depth comes more consistency. Because, I mean, a 12-game season, man, it's a grind. You're going to withstand injuries. There's going to be a point in the season where every single team, not just in the SEC, but in college football, is going to be facing injuries, whether that's the number of injuries or injuries at key position or maybe even both. But it reminded me of something that Brian Kelly said after the spring game when he was asking about, when he was asked rather about maybe the biggest concern that his team has. This was Brian Kelly. This was after the spring game a few months ago. You know, clearly the area of concern for us is in depth. Um, You know, we're not at 85 scholarship players yet. Uh, We're below that line. So, you know, two or three key injuries puts us in a very difficult position. Um, We should be able in the SEC West to sustain some key injuries to key players. I don't believe we're at that point yet. If we knock on wood, stay injury-free, and continue to develop, we're going to be fine. So, again, you're hearing a couple times over Brian Kelly emphasizing the importance and the concern of depth. And I think that's totally fair. You look at Alabama, for example. I know, I know you don't want to hear about Alabama, but what makes Alabama such a powerhouse or what has made them such a powerhouse is that when they have one player go down, they've got three or four more five stars sitting behind them just waiting for that opportunity to get their start. That injuries, albeit detrimental to any football program, there are some programs historically, Alabama prime probably being the most prime example in recent years, is that the best programs can withstand injuries at key positions because they have depth, not just depth, not just bodies, but quality depth at key positions. So I I don't disagree with that in the slightest. I don't disagree with that really at all. But what I think the the interesting thing here is, and and this sit down with Blake Topmeyer, Brian Kelly says, you can't take 13 guys from the transfer portal on defense and not have a red flag. He also goes on to say, we need to take two or three transfers to top off the tank once in a while. To me, the way that I interpret this, and if you interpret this differently, let me know. Let's talk about it. The way that I interpret that is we took too many guys from the transfer portal. And Brian Kelly even said, I believe it was after the the spring game. I wish I had that clip for y'all, but he basically said we took 13 transfer portal players, which is probably too many. And I disagree. And I want to get into exactly why I disagree. And we'll get into that coming up next. But first, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Take your First swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. All you got to do, just bet 20 bucks and you will land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That is 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going 
to hit the first home run. And that's all in an app that is safe, secure, and oh, so super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you will get paid instantly. That's one of my favorite things about FanDuel is I know that if I place a bet and I win on that bet, I'll check my FanDuel account and that money will be waiting for me in my account. And you don't have to wait three to five business days for that, that money to show up. Nope, that money is right there. FanDuel pays their bets. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Every day or tomorrow on the show. I got some thoughts on Jaden Daniels. Now, yesterday, I know that I teased a sit-down with Brian Smith. My apologies. Had some mix-up in my schedule. Wasn't able to chat with Brian Smith today, but we'll make sure to get an update from Brian Smith on LSU recruiting, on recruiting around the SEC. We'll get into that next week. I pinky promise y'all. So got some Jaden Daniels thoughts that I want to get into on tomorrow's podcast. The ceiling, the floor, what our expectations are, and what makes the difference for Jaden Daniels this year. We'll get into that on tomorrow's podcast. But now we're breaking down Brian Kelly and his most recent sit down with USA Today with Blake Topmeyer. And he said about the transfer portal, really about depth. That was the one thing that makes this team in 2023 better than the team in 2022 is depth. Also something that he reiterated that the team in 2024 will probably be better and have more depth than the team in 2023. And that makes sense for a coach that's new. He's new in year two, developing the program, making the program a place where players want to come. But the thing that stuck out to me was his comments about the transfer portal. He says you can't take 13 guys from the transfer portal on defense and not have a red flag. I want to know exactly what that means. I want to know what a red flag is in Brian Kelly's mind, because to me, a red flag sounds like an issue. It sounds like a guy that's going to cause problems. It sounds like a locker room snafu that's just waiting to happen. And it seems like an odd thing to say, doesn't it? To say, well, I'm already expecting there to be issues because we took 13 guys in the transfer portal, you know, on defense rather. So I think that's interesting to me is you can't take 13 guys from the transfer portal on defense and not have a red flag. Well, why not? I mean, you could take 13 guys from the transfer portal on defense and maybe some don't contribute. Maybe some aren't immediate starters. Maybe some transfer in and really don't get a whole lot of playing time. Maybe not as much as you expected. I don't think I'd call that a red flag. Maybe that's what Brian Kelly considers a quote-unquote red flag. I just felt like that was a very odd term to use. I don't, I don't know if that was a call-out. I don't know. Seemed strange. But he continues to say, we need to take two or three transfers to top off the tank once in a while. So is that Brian Kelly implying that he wants to take two to three transfers at most every single year? It's something that he's discussed before, that he doesn't want to have to rely on the transfer portal. That he would rather develop his own players, recruit his own players out of high school and develop them throughout the entirety of their careers. And I would probably agree with that, that you don't want to have to rely on the transfer portal every single year. You don't want the transfer portal to be your 
crutch every single year. But the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think that as a successful program in this day and age in college football, to sustain success, not to just have a window of a couple of years, but to have sustained success year over year in the transfer portal NIL era of college football that we are currently living in. I think the best teams pair transfer portal players with homegrown, recruited out of high school, stay at one school for the entirety of their career kind of kind of guys. And honestly, I may have flip-flopped on this take because I think that my take before was, yeah, you want to recruit your own guys. You don't want to have to rely on the transfer portal. Like how many guys did Georgia recruit out of the transfer portal to win back-to-back national championships? And I still think in a way that's true. But I think in a way my mind has changed. And it might be because of LSU baseball, honestly, that I saw so much success from a team that mixed homegrown talent with players from the transfer portal. And I don't think that LSU could have won this championship without the players that they got from the transfer portal. Tommy White, Paul Skeens, and Thatcher Hurd alone. I don't think that this team would have won the national title without them. I also don't think that this team would have been able to win the national title without Cade Beloso or without Trey Morgan or without Dylan Cruz. Homegrown, well, two of them, Dylan Cruz from Florida, but still recruited out of high school guys that have stayed at LSU all three to four to five years of their career careers in Cade Beloso's case. I know it's baseball. I know it's a different sport, but I think it's a philosophy that really changed my perception of how you build success in this day and age in college football. Every other team in the country has the same access to the transfer portal that you do. It's the same way that I say, well, I mean, every other school in the country besides LSU can give out the same NIL deals that LSU does. The NIL is, is allowed for everybody. So that is one thing that worries me. If Brian Kelly is trying to get away from the transfer portal, Aren't you blocking out really solid, really good potential talent to bring to your team? And look, he didn't explicitly say, we are not using the transfer portal, or I don't want to use the transfer portal at all, or this year, no more transfers. He didn't say that. I'm just kind of reading between the lines, and I'm trying to to read what, uh, to figure out what he's implying, I think. And if that is indeed what he's implying, I don't, I don't love that approach. While the idea of, I don't know how many transfers were on Georgia's team when they won back-to-back national titles, I'll go back to the LSU national title. I mean, there were some pretty important transfers on that team. Joe Burrow being one of them. I look back to this LSU team this last year. Noah Kane rushed for over 400 yards, had 10 touchdowns. He was your second leading rusher. Look at Makai Wingo, a guy that entered the transfer portal after his freshman year at Missouri, and he stepped up when you needed him most. When Mason Smith tore his ACL against Florida State, Makai Wingo stepped in. He became a leader on the field. He became a leader in the locker room. He became a really solid player. I mean, Makai Wingo had three sacks last year. And also, might I add, that your starting quarterback you got out of the transfer portal? That Jaden Daniels came to LSU via the transfer portal? I understand that the perception and the way that you build your team in year one 
is, will be, and should be drastically different than the way that you build your team in years four, five, six, seven, eight. And I don't want to diminish the importance of recruiting solid talent out of high school, getting those guys year one and developing those guys throughout their careers, homegrown type of kids. And when I say homegrown, I don't mean like just from Louisiana. I mean, guys that you create relationships with when they're 16 and 17 years old and they see throughout their, they see throughout their careers at LSU. I'm not downplaying the importance of that at all, because I think that that is the most important thing, the most important thing to building a championship program. But I think that recruiting out of the transfer portal is pretty darn important too. And I wouldn't want to see Brian Kelly or this, this football program at all, maybe potentially miss out on key players maybe potentially miss out on that missing piece that's in the transfer portal. And look, all that being said, they're not going to go away from it at all. They're not going to completely pivot and say, nope, no transfer portal. I get that. I know that. But, you know, I think it's important. I do. I think it's important. And to see the success that LSU Athletics has had in the transfer portal Angel Reese being one of them, Paul Skeens, Tommy White being others. Different sports, I know. But to see the amount of success that this athletic department has had with transfers, you could find some diamonds in the rough. You could find some really quality players that just didn't get an opportunity elsewhere, a la Joe Burrow. And I wouldn't want LSU football to turn away from that. And I do think that maybe this year's transfer portal class is going to be kind of like a guiding factor or maybe a, a a compass for how this this team decides to recruit and how heavily they decide to recruit in the transfer portal moving forward. But coming up next, a couple other things that kind of caught my eye, made me giggle, made me laugh, made me smile, made me think from Brian Kelly's sit down with, uh, with, with Blake Topmeyer. So we'll get into all of that coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. All right, Brian Kelly, sit down with Blake Topmeyer. This is what, just a couple of things that really stood out to me that I thought were cute or sweet or maybe think or maybe excited, maybe happy. One of those things, it was Blake Topmeyer asking Brian Kelly about the Alabama game. He talked all about the Alabama game, about how Brian Kelly wants to play Alabama every single year, which again, I love, I think I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I love that Brian Kelly said, I came to the SEC because I want to compete against the best and I want to beat the best. That's what gets me going. That gets is what gets me fired up. That's what I want in my coach. Not a coach that'll say, well, our schedule's too hard or the SEC's too hard. No, it's I want to play the best. And so I love that energy from Brian Kelly. And I think that, that is a, a trickle down effect, kind of. Um uh, from him to the rest of the team. But Blake Topmeyer asked him, what made you decide to go for two against Alabama? Which I think was the most brilliant tactician decision I can make the argument of any college football coach 
this past season. It's also a very lofty, lofty statement to make, considering the fact that I did not watch every single college football game this past season. But I think that decision from Brian Kelly was so brilliant because it completely shifted and changed the perception of Brian Kelly and his first year at LSU. So he asked, why did you, Blake Tottenmeyer asks, why did you decide to go for two against Alabama? Brian Kelly said, a lot of those decisions that are emotional decisions earlier in my career, I had a really hard time making them. Insert my thought. I get that. That makes sense. I think we've seen that a lot from young coaches where you just make dumb decisions. Like Lane Kiffin deciding to go for it on, you know, fourth and 38. Like that's a dumb decision. Um, Brian Kelly continues. So sometimes for the wrong reasons, I even went for two or kicked the extra point and should have went for two. So we have meetings 48 hours prior. We call them 48 hours where we discuss those things as a staff away from the emotions. And we discuss that. We said, hey, listen, if we have a shot to win the game, are we kicking it or are we going for two? Generally, as you know, if the emotions are out of it and everyone is in there and you go, hey, what do you want to do? You want to kick it or you want to go for two? Everyone wants to go for two. Of course, as you can imagine, when I said during the game, we're going for two, everyone was like, no bleep. What are you talking about? Kick the bleep extra point. And Brian Kelly goes on to say, no, we made this decision already. We're going for two. What it allows you to do when you make that decision on Thursday, Thursday's practice and Friday's practice, you practice the same play like 20 times. So I was like, we're running it. Call Snake. We're running it. That's the play we practiced. Run the damn play. And I love that. I love everything about that. I love, I never heard of the 48 hours. Maybe y'all have. Um, I never heard of that until I read that in the, in that article. I love that idea. First of all. Because those are incredibly emotional decisions. It's overtime. It's Alabama in your house. This is your first crack at playing Alabama and Nick Saban on the LSU sideline. You have an opportunity to win the game. You also might blow it. What do you do? It's too hard of a decision to make in the moment. So giving yourself and your coaching staff that time to talk it through, taking the emotions out of it, taking the pressure out of it, and making up your mind then and there, I think that's a great decision. I don't think Brian Kelly's the only, you know, coach in football that does that kind of thing. But I love that decision because it's just, it goes into game prep. It goes into setting in your 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 mind in the right kind of mindset of how you're going to attack a certain opponent. And I love that. And I've said before, and I truly stand by it, if LSU would have kicked that extra point and given Alabama the ball back, I don't know if they would have won. Honestly, in my heart of hearts, I believe that they wouldn't have. End it there. When you have the opportunity to beat Alabama, you take the opportunity to beat Alabama. So it's not just the idea of the meetings that I like, because I do like that. It's also one, the fact that Brian Kelly decided, no, we're going for two. Love that. And it's, the, it's also, even in the moment, it's sticking by the decision that they made 48 hours prior. If we get the opportunity to win, are we taking it? Hell yeah, we are. And, and I love that kind of charisma, big cojones-ness from Brian Kelly. And it's not just him. You know, it's, it's a big part of this coaching staff. But I, I do like that from Brian Kelly. I, I've had issues before with um, – some in-game decision-making that Brian Kelly made this past season. Um, I didn't. I don't think that Florida State was a well-coached game at all in the slightest. I thought that was actually a horrendously coached game. I thought that Tennessee was a horrendously coached game. Uh, the in-game decisions in those games I simply just did not agree with. Redeem yourself against Alabama. It's a pretty good time for redemption. 
There's also another little uh, little aspect in here that kind of uh, that made me laugh. I'm trying to scroll up to see if I can find it. Um, he also talks about you know the the resources that he had available at Notre Dame versus at LSU, and talks about how there are so many more resources at LSU. He says you go to Notre Dame and everybody thinks, well, you've got everything. Well, no, we had to fight for everything there in terms of changing the perception of it's not just about academics. Now you get to LSU and you have all these resources. This is the dream situation for a head coach that wants to provide resources to his student athletes and actually has all those resources. So, yeah, it's comfortable. That's so good to hear. One from an LSU fan that was concerned about the fit, that he feels so comfortable, and two – that Brian Kelly is able to provide this team what they need. And then also he, he talks about the the culture differences, how it's just a little bit more laid back, how it's just a little bit uh, a little bit more comfortable, he kind of reiterates. And I think that's hilarious because like, duh, like hello, most obvious statement of 2023. You thought one team you know, it's it's steeped in tradition and Catholicism and, and it holds itself to the highest standard. Might be a little bit more stuffy than a university that screams obscenities about doing unholy things to a tiger's private parts. Like, yeah, those places are going to be a little bit different. Those cultures are going to be a little bit different. But everything that I read in this article made me feel somebody who was not alone and being concerned about the culture, how he has embraced the culture so much, and not just embracing it, but it's made him break down walls a little bit. And what he says, you know, has really made him a better coach. It's exciting and encouraging to hear. You want a coach that wants to be there. You want a coach that wants success for all of its players. Not just for himself, but for everyone involved. And everything that I read in that article makes me think that that's the, the situation and the scenario that Brian Kelly faces now and makes me feel good. And I think you, as an LSU fan, should make you feel good too as well because it feels like wholeheartedly this program's in good hands. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Just a reminder, every dayers, tomorrow on the show, I got a whole bunch of Jaden Daniels thoughts, his ceiling, his floor, and what's the difference between the two? All of that coming up tomorrow on Locked on LSU.